0: Seattle. Hello.
1: I love that so many of you waved back.
0: <laughs> we thought that the sound engineer was kidding that the music would start right away, so like, oh, we gotta get on the stage.
1: Yeah. Started running. We didn't need to run.
0: So we're going to give the podcast like
1: this. (laughs) One of the things I've learned from this tour is that if you say the name of the city you're in, you'll get a big cheer. Seattle. Seattle.
0: Checks out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one of our favorite things to do every... Well, you know what? We should introduce this show. All right. Hi, this is Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves.
1: Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy.
0: And I'm Russ Blotcher. And and one of our favorite things to do when we're outside of Los Angeles is to see if there's a nearby Scientology Center.
1: You gotta do it.
0: Because we're not allowed at the ones in Los Angeles anymore.
1: And by Los Angeles, you mean the greater Los Angeles area.
0: Greater Los Angeles. It's pretty great uh, in terms of geography. We are on the Rogues Gallery there. It's a, I don't know, printed list. They print everything. Yeah. They really don't digitize as much as they should in Scientology. But there is there is this list, and we're included in it. So people who work at the front desk, security guards, they are trained to recognize our faces And turn us away.
1: If you become a Scientologist, one of your tasks is to recognize my face. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. (laughs) So, so, every now and then we're out of town and we want to know how far does the perimeter fence extend? So, like the velociraptors, we, you know, prod. (laughs) We remember.
1: (laughs) So, I was down in Australia. Australia. Uh... A few months ago. Those were
0: with air quotes slash scare quotes, because Australia may not exist.
1: It doesn't exist. Come on. Um, I was down there a couple months ago, and I was walking around with one of the conference organizers, and she said, oh, you know, there's there's a Scientology org over there. And I was like, we have to go. So I took her in. She lives in Sydney and had never been in. She was very scared. And I was like, listen, if I could go in, you can go in. So we went to uh, the Scientology org. Yes, wave at Ross. He's taking a picture. <laughs> so I went in. They did not recognize me in Australia. So, so far, the rogues gallery appears to be U.S. Did you have US fun there? rogues. Um, did
0: you learn anything new about Scientology?
1: They are doing stuff in Sydney. This is kind of a theme with Scientology is that they'll tell you, oh, we're really doing all this humanitarian work in such and such an area. Great and you work. Say, cool, and what are you doing? Oh, just so much. Just, oh, boy. You have
0: got volunteers.
1: And they are whew, all around the area just, ah.
0: <laughs> How many volunteers? What are they doing? You know, just, just making Wah. the world a better place.
1: Improving el- things.
0: Eliminating crime.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> How? <laughs> just, you know, with, with the tech.
0: So, just a couple of days ago, we were in Portland. So, yeah. All
1: right. Oh, you can say another city. Okay.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Des Moines. Uh-huh. All right.
0: I don't understand the rules, but I try to live by them. So... Uh, in Portland, there's an org there, and so I walked by one evening, and uh, yeah, you just—you never know what kind of situation are you in for. Is someone going to come tell you to leave? Uh, but a very lovely building. Uh, we'd prepared a slideshow, uh, so afterwards, if you want to come by, we'll just walk through the slideshow with you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we I'm, didn't know
1: there'd be no projection, but you'll be happy to know we're looking at the slideshow. Yeah,
0: these are these are really cool pictures. Oh
1: boy! Whoo! Yeah. Oh, You're- that one! Oh boy! <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, that goes without explaining. So there's a sign outside. It says, are you curious about yourself? And they offer, like they do in L.A., and I assume everywhere that they have better Scientology orgs, free personality and IQ testing. And I thought, well, I took the personality test. They found my ruin. We know that story. But I want to take the IQ test. So I walked in there, and they have L. Ron Hubbard's office right on the street. Looks good. Man.
1: Mm. Looking right at Beautiful. it.
0: Beautiful. Look at that.
1: <laughs> Look at that. Wow.
0: So this is the thing at every org they have an office ready and waiting for Elron Hubbard should he come back. He can pick up right where he left off. He's already got his own literature all over the walls.
1: And to be clear, he is dead. So we mean he will come back in another corporeal form. Yeah,
0: apparently somebody has actually claimed that they are Elron Hubbard reincarnated sure. because That's got to happen, right? He died in 1986, so he'd be just a little younger than us. Or she.
1: Uh, Or they.
0: Or they. So uh, L. Ron Hubbard should be somewhere in about our age. Anyways, so uh, checked out his office, took pictures. There weren't many people around. Every now and then someone would walk to go to the elevator bank and sort of greet me, but nobody asked me who I was, where I was going, and if they could help me join Scientology. One thing I really loved is that they had this whole display about the Portland Religious... Freedom Crusade.
1: And it is beautiful. Yeah. I'm looking the, right at it. Well,
0: and it's, it's like, it's a museum piece, and there's an American flag, and they're talking about religious persecution in America, and on this day, and this year, I think it was 84, somewhere around there.
1: It looks a lot like the Women's March. Oh, yeah.
0: It's got the three successive profiles, red, white, and blue. And so, again, you're reading this wondering, wait, so what happened? It just said Scientology was being persecuted. Well... What did they do? You know, like,
1: get a little detail here. Yeah,
0: no, none of that. So w- one of my favorite parts was that Elron Ron Hubbard had written them, because he was already a recluse at this point, living off in a trailer somewhere with wild hair, and going crazy toward the end. He was declining in mm-hmm. his later years. Stop me if I say something wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> he had written them this hastily scrawled note in very bad handwriting titled, Winning! And it was all about you know how great they had done. So he beat Charlie Sheen to it.
1: Yeah. I'm tired of winning.
0: And Trump, for that matter. Uh, they had a chapel, just like the one we'd seen before, with the bust of Elron Hubbard and all the little displays explaining what... And this
1: one you don't need a picture for. It looks basically like this room. It just looks like a conference room with Pretty a much. cross in it.
0: And there's a display where you can see a thought, and they have an e-meter there. That's how you see thoughts. Uh, so all, all the normal stuff that they have. So finally someone approached me. His name was Ben. It's Ben at the Portland Org. He's a nice guy. So he was very friendly. We talked for a while. Told me he'd been in Scientology for about 30 years. Whoa. And he asked me if I wanted to take the personality test as well. I said, no, that's okay. Just wanted to try the IQ test.
1: Did he seem about 30 or was he much older and he came in later in life?
0: You know, that's a good question. Maybe mid to late 40s. Oh, okay. So, yeah, probably young, young recruit. He'd been in it for a while. So he set me up at the desk, and that takes about half an hour, the IQ test. Actually, it's supposed to take exactly half an hour. They have a timer there. He sets it, spends a lot of time with it, sticks it down in front of me, and I start taking my test. And I realize about 14 minutes in that the timer's just not counting down. Oh, no. I have unlimited time to take this IQ test. I can look as smart as I want to. So they ask questions like, they'll give you, here we go, can you all see that? <laughs> so there will the be... Fr-
1: the front row is shaking their head. No, we cannot oh, see that. All right,
0: lost cause. <laughs> Let's say number 40, truth is to falsehood as blank is to absence. And then you get the options A, lie, B, leave, C, presence, presence. D, absenteeism, And E, visit. So truth is to falsehood as...
1: Presence. Presence
0: is to absence. absence. C is the correct answer. So, yeah. yeah, you fill out... 80 of these and
1: Ooh, are they all like that like an SAT question oh, no.
0: yes and a lot of them are little pattern recognition things so okay you have this pattern and then you have the next pattern so now all the circles have turned into triangles and the triangles have turned into diamonds and rotated once so well, which one should be the next in the sequence that sort of thing and a lot of yeah word association uh, I looked this one up later it's the Novus mental ability test No one else uses it. It's a Scientology Ah, creation. Much like
1: the Oxford Capacity Analysis Personality Test. Not
0: affiliated with Oxford University or even the township. Yeah. So I went through all that and then told the woman, okay, well, I'm done, uh, because Ben had wandered off, who knows where. And she said, oh, okay, uh, so when did the clock run out? Oh, it never started. (laughs) Well, and so I said, well, I sent a text message right before I started. And it, oh, right. and it was 30 minutes after I had okay. started that I completed. It wasn't true. I lied. I had taken a photo <gasps> and I knew, I knew what time it was from the photo I took, but I wasn't going to tell oh, I, I'm taking gotcha. photos in
1: your, oh, got it. in your org. So but you really did spend 30 minutes. I spent 30 minutes. Okay. So she went, okay, she graded
0: then. it and it's broken up into quadrants. There's four blocks why there's four columns, four rows, and each one has five questions within it for, for the eighty questions. So, she uh, she tabulated the responses, and I got a number for each one. She added them up, and presto changeo, one forty-six. Pretty good.
1: Good, yeah. good job.
0: Thank you. She asked me if I wanted to take a personality test. I said no, thank you, and that was it. She didn't try to sell me on anything else.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: So I'm wondering, do they know? It's just like it's a really soft sell on Scientology.
2: Yeah,
1: usually Scientology immediately tries to sell you a bunch of classes and find your ruin. But Mm. uh, yeah, so this seems very not Scientology y. So
0: then I posted this immediately on our Facebook group just to see if this would go up lines quickly. And uh, I left about four minutes later. And right as I was leaving, the lady from the front desk was briskly walking towards me. So I waved goodbye and stepped out. I don't know. So that that is our uh, Scientology local adventure, but there's one here in Seattle, so if anyone wants to hang out later... We'll go there. You know where to find me.
1: It feels like that not turning the clock on thing is like part of the IQ test. Like, is he going to notice? Is he going to say something?
0: And Also, it goes from right to left, so you start right, top quadrant, what? In the answer sheet. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. Ben
0: pointed this out to me. I said, is this part of the intelligence test? He right. Said, well, I wouldn't have told you if it was. Well... Fair touché. point. Touche, Ben.
1: Well, that's not all we did on this tour. We, when we got here to Seattle, we thought, what better place than to take a ghost tour?
0: In Seattle? Yeah, you've, you've got all kinds of ghost tours. Who here has been on a ghost tour here in Seattle? Oh, okay. fair amount of the audience. Excellent. A few dozen? Well, then, this will be a rehash.
1: <laughs> Leave if you need to. <laughs> so, Stop
0: me if you've heard this one before. <laughs>
1: So we went on the Haunted History Ghost Tour.
0: Yeah, of Seattle. And uh, yeah, I was a little bummed because there was another one that was led by a guy named Ross. He's, you know, a paranormal researcher, but that would be confusing. Two Rosses.
1: Sure. And we had already gotten tickets for this one, and it's hard to explain. We need to cancel this. We found out there's another Ross somewhere.
0: (laughs) Reason for (laughs) canceling. Yeah, Spooked in Seattle was the other one. They were meeting at the exact same time, just a couple blocks away. So I guess they all have their turf worked out. So, okay, we'll be by this building. You move around. We'll never see each other. <laughs> but, yeah, we were there for uh, the Haunted History Ghost Tour, owned and operated by experts in paranormal research, occult studies, and Pacific Northwest history. Very appropriate. All of our tour guides are actual paranormal investigators.
1: Or psychics.
0: Or psychics. And not actors playing a role. Mm-mm. Join us as we examine the unexplained, mysterious phenomena experienced in Seattle's oldest neighborhood. So we're talking about the uh, Pioneer Square District, uh, right. down below downtown, which is below the Pike Marketplace.
1: It just occurred to me, I wonder if the other tour is led by actors, and that's a dig at them.
0: Oh. Take that,
1: yeah. <laughs> Ross
0: Allison. And, oh, yeah, this was important. They mentioned, we accept, was it accept? Was that the word they used? We welcome, welcome. believers and skeptics equally. Yeah. So, hey, all
1: right. Okay. Cool. Here we That's go. It's like
0: our people. So $15 per person.
1: Yeah, pretty cheap, because this would be a long tour. Yeah. It, I think they could have charged at least double. Over
0: two hours. There's a Groupon. Don't do the Groupon. Give Don't, them 15 bucks. Come on now. They, they earned it. Absolutely.
1: So we were told to meet at the Smith Tower. Do you all know Smith Tower? Nah, it's good, good, good. So we walked there in the rain. You didn't have an umbrella even. No. We're from L.A.
0: Yeah. There's a great photo of us all wet and be Oh,
1: you would really appreciate it. You would love it.
0: So we get to the address. Granted, I did check later in the instructions they told us to go to... Sean O'Donnell's American Grill, which is at the same address. Ah, uh, right. Joining. So, but we see a group of people gathering in the Smith Tower. So we walk in there, we dry off. They're gathering coats. And so we see all these other people. Wow. They're really dressed nicely for yeah,
1: this oh my goodness. haunted tour. People so, in gowns. Do the- there was some author there, Tom something. I don't know. Last name and the people taking coats were fawning over him. Oh, I'm such a big fan! I've read everything you've written, and I don't know who it was. Do you have a famous Tom in Seattle? What? Oh. Tom Robbins lives here.
0: Okay, people are <gasps> saying Tom Robbins. Hold
1: on, let, let me Google what he looks like.
0: <laughs> All right, Carrie's working on that. So I. Ch- I check in my coat, they're all starting to walk upstairs and there's a little sign saying this way, this way, you go up into the building. So we get there and I don't know how it finally comes up into conversation, but they're just not talking about paranormal investigations like we're (laughs) expecting them to. So finally we say, hey, is this, this is the paranormal tour, right? And they say, "Whoa, wait, there's a paranormal tour? This, this is a wedding.
1: Yeah. Oops. Uh, To their credit, no one had been like, listen, you slobs. Yeah. You are not dressed for a wedding. And it's not Tom Robbins. Oh. I don't know who it was.
0: Sorry to let you down. Famous no, Tom author in the in the flesh. So we we run down the stairs and they've locked the door. Like this building has a security system. You can't get back to the lobby. And so we're like, oh no, our tour's left. Now
1: we're stuck. And there was a sign that said something about the building having paranormal activity next to that locked door. So right. I thought we're in the right place.
0: And as we were following the signs, it was old timey and a little creepy. So we're like, Yeah, yeah, we're going on our tour. Yeah. We'll take photos it no. would
1: have been great though if we just ended up in that wedding and had to review it <laughs> <laughs> pseudoscience one but
0: like, like we monogamy, do monogamy I don't know we tested the
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on a scale of uh, you know one month to uh, 30 years how long do you give their marriage
1: <laughs> I didn't see them so I'm just gonna say 30 to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah
0: All right, so so we did find a way back out, and the people had already left for the tour. And we asked the bartender, "Well, where did they go?" And he just pointed like vaguely across the street. They walk over there.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. That whole city. Got it. Thank you.
0: Thankfully, we found them in the parking garage across the street. You
1: had to go get your coat from there.
0: Because <laughs> who knows if my coat's going to still be there after the tour? We uh, we do find them, and it's easy to spot this tour because the tour leader is wearing a top hat, and it, he's kind of dressed in I don't know Victorian style.
1: Yeah, that old timey coat that kind of billows at the top. And then uh, to, at the I bottom, look, if I, you saw it, you'd be like, "I guess you care." I, I
0: looked this up—an Inverness coat.
1: Oh, kind
0: of like a Sherlock Holmes type, where it has that little top flap that keeps the rain off of you. Very distinguished looking. Yes. And I had to look this up as well. On top of his shoes, he had those little protectors from the mud—spats. Yeah. Okay. Many people are nodding knowingly. I had no idea what to call those. He was wearing an ascot. I was having a lot of fun looking at men's fashion throughout the ages, <laughs> figure out what to call these things. He was a, he was a thin gentleman mm-hmm. uh, wearing eyeliner.
1: Uh-huh. He, he would mention that he was wearing eyeliner a lot.
0: So uh, we're not outing him for that.
1: Right, <laughs> for being an eyeliner fan. But his name was Atten. that's his real name. We decided, we have enough positive things to say about this tour that we want you to go to Aten's tour. So that's his real name. Yeah,
0: A-T-E-N, like, you know, like the Egyptian name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he didn't seem to mind me taking pictures. He's, he had a iPad, I assume. Maybe it was another competitor tablet. I don't know, because it was in it was in a. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I got you. Uh, it was in a like a doom buggy of a case that mm-hmm. was protecting it. But he would show this around to show us a photo of maybe what, say, the uh, parking structure you're standing in, what it used to look like in the late 1800s.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of non paranormal history in this tour too, which was cool.
0: Super fascinating. And so he would let us take pictures of that and. and Seem to have any problem with us collecting data as we were going along. Yes, yeah, so the, that structure had been built, had been burnt rather, in 1889. Mm-hmm. And he said that that had kind of kick started a lot of redevelopment in the area.
1: To restore the historical buildings, so they didn't get lost like this one did.
0: Right, and and he said that uh, they had started building up these uh, giant berms of uh, dirt, which is you know responsible for the famous underground in Seattle. That you have this whole floor that's just underground, and everywhere else you've moved in. He said more dirt was moved uh, or ground was moved than
1: was needed to build the Panama Panama Canal, Canal,
0: which is massive. Wow, man, a plan, a canal, Seattle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, then he went on to tell us about a census that took place somewhere around 1900, uh, where there were 23,000 people in the city, and only 10% of them were women, and half of the women were labeled as seamstresses. And, oh, see, you all got it. I, I was like... Was it a textile area? I I genuinely didn't understand. There
0: were eight of us in the tour, ourselves included, and so all of us are nodding, going like, oh, seamstresses, huh? Likely story. And Carrie's like, so what were they really?
1: Yeah.
0: And he turns (laughs) to her and he says says to Carrie, do you know what a brothel is?
1: (laughs) And now I'm insulted, so I'm like, Yes.
0: (laughs) So he told us, yes, the, these were uh, ladies of the night. It told us this whole story about men going to investigate and coming back much later and much more tired. Right. And saying, uh, oh, you know, yeah, there seems to just, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> What were we told about that? oh he oh, and he added,
1: then he said, uh I have to be careful here because this is a family friendly tour, but there it's only adults actually on this tour. So it's just like he's staying true to the philosophy of the tour, but it's not necessary.
0: So there's one guy there, they he asks, Is everybody twenty one? And only one person doesn't raise his hand and he says well and we asked that guy, well, How old are you? He says, well, I'm 20. I'm turning 21 in two months. Two months. But he keeps trying to couch everything like, okay, we're going to call these ladies pillow fight artists.
1: And keeps gesturing to the youngest person, who is 20, and being like, I'm sorry. uh, uh, Cover your ears.
0: (laughs) This guy keeps saying, it's it's okay. You're not going to shock me. You can say whatever you want. No, he's the child for the rest of the tour. (laughs) We're, we're given a bit more history. It's, this was all new to me. So shout out if I get something wrong here, but this is just at least how I absorbed it. So there was going to be like a, a world's fair or some massive fair in 1909. And they knew people were going to come visiting the city and they had started building all of these berms or, you know, huge mounds of earth, but people were still climbing up and down stairs to get across the street. And it told us about this really cool like competition where you would.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you thought this was really cool. Yeah. The, the deathly one. Okay. Right.
0: So yeah. you, You drink at a pub, and then you climb up the stairs, 17 stairs or whatever it is. You cross over the street, uh, you know, avoid carriages, climb down the stairs, go get another drink, do this, go back, and then keep moving your way down the street. I would totally do that. Who would do that?
1: 17 people died this way.
0: Well, now you know what kind of people died. They've got two people back there like, yep, yep, that's how we're going. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, broken necks, and and some people would die from horses falling on them from the street above. Yeah. So so in 1907 they said okay we gotta we gotta look respectable here, and they started building sidewalks.
1: I wonder if the horse was okay.
0: Nice touch. I wouldn't imagine so. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, not not a good system.
1: So then we found out about Henry and Sarah Yesler. Have you guys heard of them? Scattered nods. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry and Sarah apparently owned a lot of that portion of town back in the day, and they were occultists. They owned most of the street that is now called Yesler Street. That seems. To what
0: would you out. say, Carrie, is the most interesting thing about them?
1: Oh yes, well, according to Atten, sure, they were occultists. Uh, yes, they owned
0: everything. They owned
1: everything. They were land barons, but the weirdest thing about them is they were polyamorous. <laughs> and I said, you really, that's it? the weirdest thing. And he was like, "Well, it was a long time ago." <laughs> he introduced this guy to Mary and Percy Shelley. This is an
0: interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting bit of history. So you have the Yesler Street Avenue, Way. Thank you, Yesler Way down there. And he said that that would separate the good part of town from the bad part of town, and that it was also referred to as Skid Row because they would skid logs. All the way down. I love telling people about their local history. Like, you already know. Just so you know, all right.
1: Uh, second row shaking, shaking their head. Is that not true. Mm, no, that's no? Is, not right. Is that
0: false? Post, post Alley. Post Alley is the original. Is, well, that makes row. sense because okay. the post is like a log. <laughs> Okay, so Post Alley is the actual Skid Row. This is an
1: interesting practice in fact-checking because I tried to Google this and I did find that Seattle really does have the original Skid Row, and I was like, oh wow, because I've heard that about L.A., I've heard that about San Francisco, but I was fact-checking the wrong part.
0: I uh, I appreciate I appreciate the fact and show Carrie your cast. Do you do you recognize that Carrie?
1: Uh the Tony Alamo Gems.
0: <laughs> it's an Infinity Gauntlet cast,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. It's a
0: Marvel movie reference.
1: Oh, Marvel.
0: Very, very cool. Nicely done.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it helps you clap like Tony. Don't actually Robbins connect. You that could it could
0: worsen your condition. <laughs> We wish you a speedy recovery. Okay, so there was there was an actual skid row and people started to to live on that and the the quality of of living decreased on that street and that became a term that then got adopted in other communities around the nation.
1: And I presume by good part of town and bad part of town he was talking about the the sex so workers so were in the so-called bad part of town. Okay. Yeah. He gave us some really good advice here. He said, if someone comes up behind you while we're out in this area, which is very dangerous, then you don't want to act scared, you don't want to run away. Instead, you want to be positive. You want to shout, guacamole. (laughs) And the idea was, if they have negative energy, you're giving them positive energy because everyone feels good about guacamole.
0: (laughs) But he really got into it. He's like, guacamole.
1: Yeah.
0: So, okay, quackabally. (laughs) Yeah, that's his way of exuding positive magical energy. And he told us magic is just manifestation of your desire into reality. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then then he asked us, hey, have any of you won the lottery? And Carrie said no. And he said, ah, that's not the correct response.
1: I said, yes?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so someone uh, behind him said, not yet? He said, that's right. Um, Oh, okay. You have to play first.
1: I thought it was going to be some analogy about, like, the DNA lottery. Like, you're alive. I was thinking too far ahead. You said
0: one tour got followed by someone with a razor blade. So don't worry. If the situation gets real bad, I have guacamole spray.
1: Which was mace. (laughs) Okay, so there was a building across the street, which would be the first actually haunted thing we'd encounter on the tour 25 minutes into it. So what was this place called?
2: That's
0: a good question. Well, it had a few different (laughs) businesses in it. The bar shop... And uh, I can't see the others in this particular photo, but he was showing us. Yeah, we t- directed our attention across the street to this three-story building, and he showed us a photo from back in. Oh, I have it somewhere, but it was uh, much. Oh, at 1906 and 1908, there was the Globe Medical Institute up on the second floor, and he said that this was not a real medical institute. That they would they would take your kidneys out, and you know they would perform other things on uh, other operations but you'd probably die right not a safe thing to do
1: there was no good medical regulations at the time and then he said he must have thought this was a rhetorical question but he delivered it like a real question he said how many people died up there and there was a pause so i said 612 (laughs) and uh and he said we don't know how many
0: nobody knows (laughs)
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: We're doing really good what on the question game.
1: 612.
0: He also told us to look at the second floor that we might see an Asian woman with like very white skin and long, dark hair, not unlike the ring. So we all looked, and we took photos, and we didn't see anything at the time. But in this photo, there's a clear... I wish you could see it. Oh, there's, man. It, it is an Asian woman staring at us.
1: Oh, my God. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, There's nothing. We both took pictures, and we... I, I was trying to. I was like, maybe if I like move it kind of quick, you know, I'll get a little uh, flare on my on my uh, screen. Look, look, we tried. Nothing. We tried.
0: It's kind of harder in the age of digital cameras to get some of these effects. You don't usually have a lens strap anymore because we're carrying our, our phones. Though right. you do sometimes...
1: Photography's getting better, so it's harder to see ghosts. It, <laughs>
0: Funny how that works. Yeah, you occasionally you do get the, your finger in the way of the, the lens.
1: Oh, that's always Look, fun.
0: there's a presence.
1: Uh, that actually happened when I was taking a picture of L. Ron Hubbard's house in Arizona. I accidentally had my finger over the lens. So when I went back, I was delighted. There's <laughs> a presence over L. Ron's house.
0: Uh, the bar shop was in that same building complex, and uh, it has a shadow person in it. So that's cool. And so he said, and how would you define a shadow person? And I said something like a manifestation of dark energy.
1: Yeah, negative energy.
0: He didn't mind that. But he said, yeah, we don't use the term ghost. Real. I know we're on a ghost tour, but I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. I think science has shown us, most scientists agree that ghosts aren't real.
1: Yeah. And we're like, oh, this tour is really different than we expected. Yeah.
0: I'm not here to make believers. If I could make a believer out of a non-believer, then the Pope would have my number, and he hasn't called me.
1: He had a lot of these sort of little jokes that you could tell he tells on every tour. Yeah.
0: Then he asked us if we'd ever heard of Carl Sagan. (laughs) Yes, we have. I like how Carl Sagan comes up a lot. Like, when we we go to these sorts of things, Carl's like, everybody's willing to look at Carl and say, like, good job, man. He's,
1: He's Switzerland. Yeah. Everyone's friends with him.
0: Uh, That's the sign of having done a really good job that, uh, you know, even at the um, Contact in the Desert conference, they were quoting Carl Sagan. So, yeah, well done, Carl.
1: So the reason he brought up Carl Sagan is he was saying, you know, Carl Sagan said that there were black holes back before we were confident there are black holes. And now, of course, that's just accepted science uh, and I think that uh, paranormal science is the same way. Right now, we haven't confirmed it, but we will. Which is fair enough, but you don't really know until you confirm it. But he said he thinks that shadow people are probably beings that are in different dimensions instead of dead people. And then he would go on to tell us about the hauntings in many buildings that were definitely dead people. Uh, so that was a little I, confusing. I keep
0: waiting for everyone to nod along. Yeah. Yeah, he also managed to work in quantum physics and the outside physical realm all into that. But yeah, eventually, science will be proving all of this.
1: Uh, By the way, the first person to propose black holes, if anyone wondered, John Michel in 1784.
0: Really? Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And there he is! (laughs) Come
0: on up! (laughs) And then he asked us, what is the most common thing that paranormal researchers see?
1: And we had all caught on by this point. We're like, we get your style. So two or three of us go, nothing.
0: Nothing. he's like, like, oh, "Oh, most people don't get that. Yeah,
1: Oh, that's right. Most of the time we get nothing. My job is actually to debunk myself to see, okay, I I feel like this is a, a ghost or a shadow person, but could I explain it using scientific means? And if I can't that's when I start to turn to the paranormal explanation.
0: Yeah, and that's something we hear a lot. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this with worldly means and phenomenon, but if I can't, if I can't come up with the right explanation, well, therefore, it must be something extraordinary. And that's, I think, where we would draw that subtle little line and say, well, ah, that's just a test of your imagination. Right. And, and your tools and, and your understanding of the situation.
1: But it's... It's a good attitude to start yeah, with that.
0: It's a subtle distinction, but I would say you could still say we don't know for sure.
1: Right. It's a ghost of the gaps argument. Thank you. <laughs> 30 of you.
0: He warned us there's a lot of fabricated history about this neighborhood, like, you know, Things like Skid Row. So uh, he's just <laughs> warning us that uh, th- there's a lot of kind of false stories out there in terms of history about this area and said that he's tried to do the best research he can to get the best information.
1: Ah, so that building was also called the Mount Fuji Hotel, right? Oh, yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's still called that. Right.
1: It was. Uh, but this one that the woman is supposedly in the uh, upper berth of. Yes. That was the Mount Fuji Hotel. Yeah,
0: this was a sad story. Oh, yeah, so the the reason we saw the Asian woman, did you mention that? It's because there were pillow fighters there, (laughs) pillow fighting professionals. Of, Uh, Of Asian descent. He's still trying to protect our innocence, but that was much earlier, but that explains why we see her in the window. But, yeah, then this is a much later story from 1938 when it was the Mount Fuji Hotel, and there was a man named Barry Lawson, it was upstairs, police came in, raided the building at one point, and they beat him to death.
1: Yeah, and then it was sort of covered up, and but eventually, somehow, these guys actually went to trial and uh, were convicted of manslaughter.
0: double um, NAACP got involved. Yeah, we
1: should mention that the police officers were white and the victim was black. Um, so this is actually like a rare instance of, uh, you know, them actually going to trial over this. But
0: they were sentenced to 20 years, but...
1: Sentenced, and then the governor pardoned them. Boo.
0: So, um, protesters then lit the building on fire.
1: Yeah, you're going to be happy for about 10 seconds. They lit the building on fire. There were kids next door who died. <laughs> I know. So there were t- I like
0: your enthusiasm. She's
1: like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> lit um, it on fire.
0: Ugh. Oh. Ugh.
1: oh, my God. What? We just did... Did you see a inve- ghost? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: What, what are you looking at?
1: We just did an investigation of haunted dolls, and it said that two of them died in a fire on their eBay descriptions.
0: What? That's right. Yeah. Both Erica and, and Kelsey.
1: Yes. There's something to pull together there somewhere. Well, we
0: gave Kelsey away. It's just Erica. She lives with you now.
1: Um, yeah, right. she's actually she's in my hotel room right now. So, uh, yeah, so they've seen one of the children since then, the little boy. So it was a boy and a girl.
0: And he said that he personally has seen the boy, but not the girl. So I'm still waiting on that one. Oh, yeah, the, um, he also mentioned that he knows Barry Lawson, has a sense of humor. And I'm not sure how this indicates a sense of humor. But Barry
1: Lawson being the victim. The man who was, killed was beaten by the police. and died.
0: Yeah, he followed Atten home at one point and lived in his apartment for a week like you do. And it took Atten a week to notice this, but his girlfriend kept complaining about the man she would see sitting in the kitchen.
1: Yeah. And Ben uh, and Atten was like, I knew right away. I said, that's Barry.
0: <laughs> Old Barry. What a sense a of humor.
1: Typical I th- Barry.
0: I could see that also being menacing. I don't know. How, how is that a sense of humor? All right. <laughs>
1: Whoa, hang on there, Carrie. I know you're having a great time because you're out there at PodCon, and I'm jealous because I'm future Carrie, and I'm not there anymore.
0: It, it is but a memory to us, mm-hmm. future Ross and future Carrie.
1: It's true, but I just have to, to butt in here to mention that this episode is sponsored in part by Squarespace.
0: Oh, do you mean that website where you create other websites that are beautiful
1: yeah that's the one it's it's where you promote your physical or your online business maybe maybe you start a blog maybe you put up your music
0: well what if i want to like announce an upcoming event or a project
1: oh you can absolutely do that with a squarespace website yeah and it's going to look good because there's all these templates that are already designed by world-class designers and so you can just plug and play your own information in there and it already looks great
0: but what if i want to sell something can i do that
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You can you can sell anything that's legal to sell on the internet on a Squarespace website. Okay,
0: but then what if someone, what if they try to look at my beautiful big website on uh-huh. their tiny little phone?
1: Oh, that's fine. Actually, um, everything is optimized to mobile right out of the box, so won't be a problem.
0: They thought of everything. Well they know. W- what if I want to know, like, who's been visiting and where they come from?
1: I mean, you can't spy on them, but you get these analytics that tell you, like... How many visits from what part of the globe, et cetera. And okay. yes, I'm making a stand that it's a globe.
0: Controversial statements here on Ono oh No, Ross and Carrie. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, that is the uh, non-creepy version of what I was looking for. Sure, I'll accept that. What if I want to market this and like make sure other people see it? Do I need to go hire some SEO specialist?
1: You can, but it's really unnecessary because they have built-in search engine optimization. So... It already, you know, picks out those keywords for you and shoots them into the ether. I don't I don't know how that works, but <laughs> probably that.
0: Well, you've convinced me. How, how do I do this? How do I sign up?
1: So you go to squarespace.com for a free trial. Okay. And when you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code ONO oh, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
0: Oh, wait. So I can actually start building my site without paying anything, but then when I'm ready to actually buy then I use my promo code? I
1: think that's right.
0: That's amazing. I would recommend that anybody who's about to start their website save 10% off their first purchase of their website or a domain at squarespace.com. Enter code ohno, O-H-N-O.
1: I would too. But you know what else I would recommend? Brushing your teeth because people... I had a tooth pulled this uh, morning. Oh,
0: poor Carrie. She's oh. been miserable. Yeah,
1: I really have. I'm actually okay right now, though, which is good.
0: It is one of your back molars.
1: Yes, my backmost molar on the right side. Had to get it yanked out this morning, and no. I am in pain. Now
0: people want to know, is that on the top or the bottom? bottom okay
1: stage right
0: now you know exactly where it is everybody yep aren't you happy was yeah Yeah. r.i.p so this is a lesson to us all
1: yeah brush your goddamn teeth now listen (laughs) i was brushing my teeth up but when i was young i didn't take as good of care of them as i could have for example it took me a long time to get an electric toothbrush and now that i have them never going back I have a quip, Ross. Ross is it? I am Ross. And it is a very good toothbrush. Because, you know, one of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, but most of us don't even do it properly.
0: Carrie gave me the book Factfulness. Yeah. I think for Christmas, right?
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: And I'm um, so reading it now. It's a fantastic book. It talks about the different levels of income across the world. Mm-mm. And Hans Rosling breaks it up into level one, two, three, and four based on how much money per day you're getting. And so he had little illustrations to show these indicators of what level of income you're looking at around the world. And so the level one, the toothbrush was just someone's hand, essentially, or a stick maybe. And level two was one communal toothbrush that a whole family shares. Mm -hmm. Level three showed everybody gets their own toothbrush. And level four was a picture of electric toothbrushes
1: oh there you go so and that's not to say you got to be rich to get an electric toothbrush but it is a nice um
0: it's a perk
1: a, of living in a an industrialized world
0: yeah that we get to have the best kinds of toothbrushes possible so it, it is a luxury uh but i have a quip now as well and i love it it's a great toothbrush
1: yeah it's a better electric toothbrush and it's created by dentists and designers so it looks good, it feels good, it is good. It's got sensitive sonic vibrations, a built-in 2-minute timer which pulses every 30 seconds to remind you to go ahead and switch sides so that you can brush in quadrants if that is your deal.
0: This is fancy brushing and my battery still hasn't run out. I've been using it for months now and
1: Yeah, same.
0: Still going on the same battery. It's nice, it's slim, it's not heavy. It doesn't feel like a bulky thing. You don't have to plug it in. Uh, the brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5.
1: Now, oh, come on. Easy peasy. And Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association.
0: What are you waiting for? This is a toothbrush that is backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Whoa. And it starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash oh no right now, you get your first refill pack for free. With a Quip electric toothbrush. Oh,
1: come on. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash oh no.
0: And back to our other non-toothy business.
1: Oh, stone tape theory. Yeah. I was going to say
0: that too. I hadn't heard that before. That's a cool moniker for the phenomenon, stone tape theory.
1: Right. So this is the theory that energies get stuck in a particular landscape or building and then you're able to sense them many years later in our out-of-body experience classes they called this the holothocene which Mm -hmm. is much harder to say than stone tape theory so i think i'll start calling it sticking
0: with stone stone tape tape theory theory. i like like the
1: stone is taping the event
0: and probably invented when people were using cassettes to record things so Works for me.
1: So we went across the street to actually go in this haunted bar.
0: Yeah. And there was another horrible story associated with that building as well. In the 60s, there was a gay bar and they had like someone had come in and killed people with a sword. So that building sucks. Yeah. Stay out of that building.
1: <laughs> it's well, we damned, So, hey. But down below, there are still businesses that are operative. So we went inside this, this bar where they have seen and heard spirits. So I think the bar is where the two children had died.
0: Yeah, or slightly next door. Okay. They had tried to go downstairs there. So we walked into this bar, and it was all themed in red.
1: Oh, beautiful. Oh, oh looking look right at, at, at that. it. Look at Gorgeous. With Just so with good. With lamps and oh. original
0: ceiling tiles. These are amazing. Look at the detail. detail. Yeah.
1: So we went in there and...
0: The 20-year-old was routed off to the side. <laughs> the
1: poor 20-year-old had to go through a side entrance
0: now look yeah and he told him in front of everybody multiple times no no you need to go through that door okay you see the side door you're gonna wait for us okay here i'll go with you separately and i'll show you where to wait okay
1: i know i almost wanted to be like we can all go through the side door then but
0: no. yeah so the bartenders they didn't have any interesting stories but they said we should really try an ouija board here sometime i said all oh, too bad i left mine in my hotel
1: So we went upstairs in this bar so that we could try out an EMF detector up there. Yeah. So if you've listened to our show before, you probably know what that is. But just in case, Uh, it's a device that measures electromagnetic field around it. It'll go off if you hold it up next to a light, next to your cell phone. Sometimes, Um, but it's also supposed to find ghosts.
0: For some reason, we can't see them, but they are emitting energy. In the electromagnetic field so he moves this around and it lights up a little bit as he points to us but he had an interesting little point here that the Mm -hmm. particular meter he was using he was saying that uh, these used to be used for electrical work and you'd hold them upright like this kind of like a stud finder against a wall and it would show you where you had electrical wires behind your wall
1: so you don't electrocute yourself oh that checks out
0: And he said they were kind of going into decline, the model wasn't going to be made anymore, but then Ghost Hunters started using it.
1: And all of a sudden they became much more expensive.
0: But they all carry it like this, horizontally, and he said you're probably just getting readings of the floor below when you do that, said you should be holding it up like that. That was cool.
1: Yeah, I had never heard that. He brought that around and said like, oh look, you're haunted, you're haunted, you're haunted. But he he was being facetious. He was making the point that like this thing will go off no matter what, and you need to be really judicious about how you use it. It's like, hey, all right, Atten, uh, but then, <laughs> um, he, he said, uh, now do you guys all know what an EVP is? And of course, Ross and I love to be teachers' pets. We're like, we know. <laughs> Uh, So electronic voice phenomenon is when you are uh, doing a ghost hunt and you leave a tape running. And then later you review the tape and you hear noises that you, you believe weren't in the room. And maybe they're the voices of spirits. And he said, I actually have an EVP from this room. And brought out a speaker.
0: Yeah, and he told us there's class A. EVPs, which are ones you can just understand clearly. It's like a person talking into a microphone. Uh, class B is something where uh, you can kind of work it out, but you have to use a little bit of mental power.
1: And maybe you and your partner disagree about what's being said.
0: And Class C is, you know, very convincing if you're using, like, drugs. Yeah, I
1: think he said if you're using wacky it's a wacky
0: <laughs> We like this guy. So, yeah, he had picked up... He did tell us that it was a small child that we were listening for. But other than that, he had the right idea in that you don't prime people beforehand. You don't tell them what they're just about to hear before you play the audio.
1: It's good practice. Yeah.
0: So he passed around this uh, Bluetooth speaker, and, yeah, it sounded something like... You could hear the person who was admittedly in the room asking a question, sort of mumbled, but then you would hear... I don't know, how would you describe that?
1: It sounded to me like a light knocking... Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um,
0: but the sound he was hearing, and, and I think it's supported, was kind of a...
1: <coughs> he said, oh, it's coughing, and it's the young man dying from smoke inhalation. Okay. All right. Possible, I guess.
0: Could be. It could be a lot of things.
1: No one seemed all that impressed, though. He was passing it around, and everyone was like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say we were, I don't know. I think everybody was there for a good time. So yeah. none of us were particularly like, no, or yeah. Right, right. just, oh, just, no. We're all, Roll the road. Uh, he told us, this was cool. I didn't know. The earliest EVPs were actually in the 1800s, uh, or the earliest EVP was in the 1800s on a wax cylinder. There had been English people speaking, but they picked up a voice speaking in German.
1: <gasps>
0: I want to track this down. That sounds fun.
1: So then he showed us, this is my favorite. He showed us a photo of a little boy. Oh, goodness. So this little boy was seen upstairs in the bar. Here, let me pull that up. Oh, you're gonna love the photo.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, oh I'm just not God. seeing it.
1: So it's a photo of the room, and there is a tiny dust orb on the you know, in front of the lens somewhere, making like a little white circle, and he's like, That's the head. And then underneath that is the body. And I swear to God, you guys, under the orb, there's just nothing. The, there's not even a body.
0: There's kind of like a slight haze that's traveling through the photo that goes through the orb, and he's just arbitrarily outlined the orb as a head and kind of drawn a little wavy body underneath it.
1: If you saw it, you'd be like, oh, mm-mm. you'd be on our side.
0: He also mentioned Ouija boards and how they used to be a dating tool. You would go have a date and you'd play together and, you know, a fun way to kind of get to know each other. But he mentioned the idiomotor effect. Yeah. Like, oh, you know how this works, buddy.
1: Yeah, so the idiomotor effect is what makes a Ouija board work. It's that your mind is communicating with your muscles without passing through your conscious awareness. So you end up pushing it without even knowing you're the one pushing. So, yeah, this guy's moderately scientific, yeah, checks out.
0: So we wandered back downstairs. We crossed the street and met over at the mailbox. He pointed back at the building we'd just been in. He said that upstairs, there's kind of multiple sections to this building. So the one on the far right, you could still see some of the, the burn marks at the top. And he said this is where a lot of paranormal haunting claims are focused on. And mentioned that now it's like an Airbnb up top, that you can stay there.
1: Yeah, he said that people kept moving out, so now they do Airbnb because they move out right away.
0: Which made us totally bummed. That's not where we're staying.
1: <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Oh, yeah, and that was that was voted the top ten haunted places in the U.S. by U.S. News.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't get the source on that. Okay, okay. U.S. News. Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. So top ten. I wonder which number it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the thing, you know. The top seven haunted places in the U.S.
1: And you know it's seven.
0: You, you were having a conversation with him.
1: Yeah, so, so finally I said, like, At can um, I ask you a question? You said that these shadow people are probably not dead people. They're multidimensional beings. Yes, yes, yes. And I said, but all your examples have been dead people? and he he said, "Oh yeah yeah. Well, you know, I think it's a lot more complex than that. I don't think we know what death is. Maybe we travel to other dimensions. You know, we're still kind of figuring out what that means and what it looks like." And I said, "Oh, okay." And he said, "And you know, I do past life regression." And <laughs> and uh which is uh, audience gasps. which is where he sees your past lives for you if you're sitting with him. And he said, and, and you know, that really works. And so I thought, I don't know, I don't really believe in past lives. How is this working? And I realized science has proven it. It's that your genes carry the history of your ancestors. And so you kind of have past lives and that your ancestors had these past lives and it's in your DNA. And I said, oh, okay.
0: That doesn't um, really work with stone tape theory.
1: No. Uh,
0: yeah, and you asked him, yeah. then do siblings have the right. same memories then? The right, because siblings
1: share mitochondrial DNA, which was a term I don't think he had heard. And then, and he said, no, 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 we, oh, we haven't, we haven't done that. And then I said, but it's like an epigenetics thing. And he said, whoa, big word.
0: <laughs> yeah, he grabs Carrie on the shoulder. She said that, not me. <laughs> I wanted to make sure everybody knew epigenetics was sparked by Carrie. Uh, yeah, so I think he's still working out his theory on how past life works. Uh, and he said, our primitive monkey brains are just trying to figure it out. Next, he, he had us look around back at the tower from which we had emerged at the very beginning, which is now a little ways away, and said, what does that look like to you? <laughs> Carrie, what does it look like to you?
1: It's a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. She
0: said that right in front of a (laughs) 20-year-old.
1: It looks like a circumcised penis.
0: And it hadn't said, whoa, whoa, whoa. First you're like epigenetics in one sentence, and then you're talking about big dicks. My goodness. (laughs) He said, well, I would say it looks like an obelisk.
1: (laughs) Okay. First of all. An obelisk is a big dick. <laughs> That's there. 100% what they're doing there. And,
0: and it's more like one because the Smith Tower has like an additional part that comes up to it. The person who knows the geography better than our guide is nodding yes, he agrees to that. Go <laughs> <laughs> to. And, all right, it's not an obelisk, but I guess the main portion, yeah. And there is a pyramid on top, fair. He said it was built by Freemasons in 1914, or it was completed in 1914, and said, oh, there's this kind of glowing orb on the top, kind of like the all-seeing eye, wouldn't you say? Yeah.
1: Why not? That's
0: really all there was to that discussion. We moved on.
1: It's amazing how people have turned the triangle into something creepy. It's like the most basic shape we use to make everything.
0: And very structurally stable. Right. Yeah. But insidious, too. (laughs) Sure. Uh, at this point, uh conversation turned to the weather. It was raining hard. He said he wished he had gotten his coven of witches to stop the rain. You had lent me a poncho. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, he said, we meant to buy a bunch of white ponchos for our these tours. So you look like ghosts. We'll get followed around by a bunch of ghosts.
1: I was trying, for the next 10 minutes, I was trying to think of what they should say. And the best thing I could think of was boo er
0: Oh, well, I get it. It's a paranormal boor, Boo,
1: but also burr.
0: Oh, oh yeah. That's, you know, yeah, we're too I,
1: I, I felt the same about it. I shouldn't share it. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mention it, so let's. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: okay. we'll
0: skip that. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he told us about mummies for a while and how mummy wrappings used to be really popular for creating, like, wrapping paper for meat? Yeah, butcheries. Like, yeah. the brown paper originally comes from.
1: Hey, second row. Is this true?
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right this is unconfirmed <laughs> uh he said that they would burn mummies like for steam engines anyways that that was another side conversation we talked about henry and sarah yesler some more but really this uh this all culminated in us walking to the next location we stopped by a music spot called the central the yep central. yep
1: where yeah. apparently nirvana had their first gig second room
0: now 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 he's just like closing his eyes stop no i've this is not my official role here (laughs) so they had a little shrine inside there and they said there's a lot of orb photography we took lots of photos didn't see any orbs in there but
1: but there was a band there that had left their set up there was like an automatic drum that just kept going boom 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 Boom! The there were, entire time we were there.
0: I thought that, too. I saw there was a guy behind it. So somebody was. just kept, you know, in staccato rhythm, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, the entire time we were there. Which,
1: which was the creepiest thing happening there and wasn't mentioned. It's like
0: eight minutes, and he stopped right as we were leaving. What was that? What was that? But there was a little shrine in there, and they had uh, artists who had played locally or local artists uh, who had passed away. So Chris Cornell was the newest member, and we all remembered Chris Cornell fondly. Rest in peace.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: Lead singer of Soundgarden and Audio Slave.
1: Oh, okay. Those are man's ideas. I'm gonna
0: mourn while you talk.
1: So then we went by the the place that I'm sure you he tried to make this very mysterious and drop the punchline at the end, but I bet you guys know. The place that Trump's grandfather had possibly a brothel in your town. Oh. Right All right, I'll do Trump. it how he did it. <laughs> we went by this place. And, and we heard the history of the brothel.
0: This is the one thing on this tour, if anything is going to make you yell bullshit, this is going to make you yell bullshit.
1: That's what Atten said.
0: And so, yeah, he starts telling the, the story and he says, yeah, and there was this woman and she had things like flying off of her shelves. And I said, bullshit. And he said, no, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept going and saying, yeah, well, you know, and he's, he's describing more and more and filling out this story. Bullshit. No, nope,
1: not No. yet.
0: Eventually, he did get around to. There had been this establishment, uh, again, a pillow fighting establishment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and we looked this up. I guess it's not.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's totally legitimate history, but it's it's possible that there's, this happened. There's a
0: good chance that yeah, there were a lot of brothels,
1: and and that the Trump family fortune is at least in part sex work money from your town,
0: and that this grandfather went to return to Germany, but he was turned away because he had been a draft dodger. Yeah. Runs in the family. So
1: maybe that epigenetics thing makes sense. <laughs> hmm.
0: That's my stone tape theory. Yeah, he played another EVP for us from a nearby building and said... You oh, know opt- yeah. Oftentimes you go over to Europe, he mentioned international ghost hunters or some other international TV show, and he was kind of making fun of them. Oh, yeah, they go to Germany, and they have a recording, and they hear people speaking in perfect English. Right. Uh, but he said that they had gotten this EVP. Someone had asked the question, where are you now? And they had gotten this response, and he plays it for all of us, and then asked what we heard. And you heard?
1: Xanadu i mean it was clear as day it
0: yeah i thought maybe san diego zoo but you know she's right it was it was xanadu so yeah all right so oh,
1: no i think he said it was something else oh no no, no he but he was i'm
0: agreeing with you oh,
1: okay thank you clearly
0: sounded you. like xanadu in this voice but, but it,
1: it turned out it was in finnish
0: yeah it was in finnish and it was them saying
1: uh it was saying what are you saying it was a Finnish yeah, what ghost are you saying? who didn't understand the ghost investigation. After
0: he was done doing his Scandinavian impersonation of gorka Borka Oh,
1: right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> the Swedish chef, I guess. Yeah, Whoops. That was fun. So uh, I did a quick Google Translate search for what are you saying, and it was Mitasina Sanot, which doesn't sound like Xanadu, but I don't know, maybe there's another way to say that. So I yelled, bullshit! <laughs>
1: And then it turned out, oh, okay, the bullshit part is Trump's dad. Okay, I mean, that's the most likely part of this story, but okay.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Hey. You know what I've got? What? A jumbotron. A
1: jumbotron? How exciting.
0: Yeah, and this one is from Joy to PT, Tig, and Kugel.
1: Nice, and this is... One of the sweeter jumbotrons we've ever gotten.
0: Oh, Carrie was instantly moved by it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it says, so first of all, I just want to say Ella Poppy is in my lap as I read this. So if you hear little tiny old dog noises, that's her. She's supporting this jumbotron. So it says, to three of the greatest pets I could ever imagine. Even though you were old men when you passed this year, it was too soon.
0: You will always be with me in my heart.
1: And then she asked if we could have a moment of silence for P.T., Tig, Kugel, and all the other pets that have been loved and lost. And so we will. Amen. You know, that moment of silence also reminded me of our sound checks. Oh, yeah. Now all our sound checks can be in honor.
0: In memory of, of faithful and loving pets. Yeah,
1: I like it. Anyway, back to this live show.
0: So, uh, he walked us over to one other place. It was an early same-sex bar, and he was saying how this town was an early pioneer in allowing you know, gay people to have places to meet, and this was the first bar that had installed a bathroom for women. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. He said that years later, there had been a business there that was cursed, and they called him and his investigators, and they looked around, and they found, or I guess the proprietor had found these dolls and said, oh no, there's voodoo dolls. And he said, no, no, they're poppets, but yeah, they have Negative energy, and they did a whole ceremony. They unwrapped them by the ocean, and we fixed it. They were all better for three weeks.
1: And then the curse returned, and they went out of business. It seems it seems like the curse was people not liking this bar. <laughs> a lot of bars have that curse. Also, in journalism, we call this burying the lead. If you have puppets. That were found in the attic of <laughs> one of your establishments maybe lead with that on the tour, fair, but it was just like sort of a toss off at the end, oh, yeah, and they were like voodoo dolls. Anyway, thank you for coming. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> but we loved our tour, and we thought fifteen dollars wasn't nearly enough, so we we tipped him twenty bucks, yeah, and we recommend uh, thank
1: you yeah, tipping oh
0: yeah, tipping okay. tipping, yes oh. So we highly recommend this tour. This is a great tour to take. Ask for Atten.
1: Yeah. So okay, real quick, what would you give this particular tour on a pseudoscience scale from one to ten? One oh, is you know, oh, low, oh. and ten is high.
0: There was okay. So there was, there was some uh, responsible sciencing there, but then he would just turn around and say something not as responsible. So I'm gonna give it a seven. Oh, okay. What about you?
1: I'm going to give it a 4. I just uh, uh, my, you know, my barometer's broken at this point because I've been to <laughs> so many ghost things, but compared if to you, the others, it's You hold good.
0: it this way, it'll work better.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, what would you give this on a danger rating where 1 is something incredibly dangerous? Or no, wait, 1 is something not very dangerous, 10 is something incredibly dangerous.
1: Uh Two apparently someone might chase you with a razor. I was
0: gonna say have you forgotten the razor lady, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you could you could fall off while while getting drunk and walk. Oh wait, no, we're in yes, two thousand nineteen. you do this hundred
1: years ago, yes.
0: Yeah, nowadays, yeah, you're pretty. I'm gonna say you're right too. Okay,
1: yeah. uh, what about pocket drainer value or one something that's not at all pocket draining? Like uh... One. The, the
0: we got our group. money's worth. I don't know. How about you?
1: one, yeah, same
0: okay, creepiness scale, we're one of something not very creepy, like being with this lovely audience here, and ten is something very creepy, like they all walked in on the ceiling and they're watching us from up there. <laughs> yep, but no one's mentioning it
1: <laughs> um oh uh, yeah, this okay, uh it's, it's creepy in a nice way. I'm gonna say six,
0: yeah, I would say pleasantly creepy, definitely with. With the the ambiance, the things that he's showing us and the stories he's telling, yeah, I'd say this is solidly creepy. I'm going to give it a 7.5.
1: All right. What else is there?
0: Hot drinks.
1: Hot drinks. Were there hot drinks on this tour? No. No. Maybe you shouldn't go.
0: Yeah. He did give us time to order from the bar. Nobody did.
1: <laughs> I know. I felt bad about that. I almost ordered just...
0: Same here. I, like a pity drink.
1: Yeah. But we didn't. Because you know what? We stand up for the 20 year olds.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, us it for 20 year olds.
1: 20 year olds. Who in this audience is exactly 20? Anybody? Yeah! yeah!
0: Well, I hope we didn't corrupt you.
1: When do you turn 21? Uh, December. December, December. all right. I don't know what I'm cheering for there. Well.
0: You got time. Enjoy 20. That's a good year. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for our show.
1: Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
0: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
1: Our show is edited by Victor Figueroa.
0: We are here in wonderful uh, PodCon 2 in Seattle. So thank you to everybody here who organized this conference.
1: Yeah. Des Moines!
0: We'll, uh, we'll be around. Feel free to give us hugs or handshakes or curt bows or whatever it is you like to do. And uh, we'll, we'll be around. We've got some upcoming sessions, so we hope to see you. We're also carrying around shirts with us, so if you want one of these shirts.
1: It says, I'm sure it's Owl Tour. It's a real deep cut.
0: Real inside joke. But if you want one of these, there are diminishing copies of them. And so they're $30 and we've got $5 going to Sustainable, Sustainable Seattle.
1: Seattle. An environmental nonprofit here.
0: All right. Thank you all. Yes, and- thank you.
1: Have a good podcon. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. And it's me, Adam Felber.
2: We have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's a comedy podcast
0: where we bring on experts to teach us stuff we need to know. And by the way, the guy who came to tell us what to do when you encounter a bear never showed up.
2: Anyway, it's fun. You are guaranteed laughs in every episode.
0: You can't really guarantee laughs. What if somebody doesn't laugh? We'll get sued. Join us for our next episode when we have an expert in consumer law explain to us how to defend ourselves against one humorless, litigious shut-in with enough time on their hands to sue us over our unfulfilled claim of guaranteed lapse in every episode here at MaximumFun.org. The Cat of the Week is Mabel from Green Bank, West
2: Virginia. Good morning, class. Good, Good morning, Liz Banks. Can anyone tell me which holiday is coming up? This major holiday celebrates giving and artistic expression. Max, Max Fun drive. drive! That's right, kids. It's Max Fun Drive. And when do we celebrate? Ooh, ooh. March 18th through March 29th. Very good, Billy. Now, who can tell us the story of Max Fun Drive? I know. Me, me, me. <laughs> All right, Trisha. Once a year, the Pod Fairy comes to town and hands out cool enamel pins of your favorite podcasts. Oh, they're so effing cool. Whoa, yes, yes, Trish. But there's more to the Max Fun Drive holiday than cool pins. Max Fun Drive is the time of year when all around the world people put aside their differences and focus on the spirit of family, friends, community, and podcasts. <laughs> Oh, okay, class, don't forget to listen to your favorite podcast from March 18th to 29th. I'll expect full pod reports when you're back. (sighs) I have got to ask someone why these classes are only 45 seconds long.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Audience supported.